Welcome to Kinetic, a healthcare app bonus series about careers and leadership in healthcare marketing and related fields, including digital strategy and consumerism. The modern world of work is constantly moving, so in this series, we bring you musings on careers and leadership from well-known friends. Our goal is to highlight the journeys that some of our friends have taken to reach their work goals and some of the insights that they've learned along the way. I'm Jared Johnson, founder of the Shift Forward Health Production and Marketing Group. Over the course of this bonus series, we will be sharing exclusive interviews with an all-star lineup of experienced leaders. Check out this lineup. Ed Marks, Gene Hitchcock, Alan Shoebridge, Kathy Divis, Kristen Baird, John Marzano, Jess Colombo, Robert Rose, and Joe Polizzi. To kick off the series, we present this montage from previous guests on the Healthcare app. Each of these guests was asked to share a piece of career advice that has stuck with them. These are their responses. You'll hear well-respected guests starting with Deborah DeSanzo, president of Best Buy Health, Dr. Mohamed Diab, CEO of CVS Accountable Care, and Dr. Chini Pularu from Walmart Health. Then we'll continue with Don Stanziano from Geisinger, Denise Warrell from Memorial Hermann, Lila Wagner from Core Health, Reed Smith from Ardent Health, and Kathleen Elmore from Engages. Let's get moving. I had a general manager. He was actually the general manager of the Hewlett Packard Medical Products Group who told me that I needed to be in it for the long run. And what he meant was, you know, I was running really hard and he meant, you know, resilience is important. It's important in your health. It's important in your mental health. It's important in your body. It's important in your vision. And it's really important also in what you're trying to do for your business. You know, as you go through business, As I've gone through these past 30 years, trying really to bring the consumerization of healthcare to life, you go through ups and downs and you really have to stay with your vision, stay with what you want to do in this world and you need resilience. So you have to be in it for the long run. One of the best advices I I received over the course of my career is focusing on the patient and the consumer. And if you do the right thing by your consumer and by your patient, everything will follow. So this focusing on making an impact, a positive impact on these patients' lives and enabling the providers of care to deliver better care and transform the way they deliver care, this was a career advice that really stuck with me that it always pay off on every aspect of what you're trying to achieve. And the other thing is also that the the decision-making has to be very objective and data-driven, and that actually shapes how I approach every decision-making I do is focus on the data and and make a very objective and informed decision. I'd say there's two things that have really been important to me. First, being early in my career when I got advice to embrace the uncomfortable, embrace the ambiguity. And it's really helped me lean into situations much like my situation at Walmart from when I started to now, where things weren't clearly defined, my role wasn't clearly defined. And embrace what you don't know and the process of growth and learning. Where you're uncomfortable is really the space where you have the most growth. And I'd say later in my career, as I started to become more of a clinical executive, You know, someone told me to embrace the rooms I'm not in just as much as the rooms I am in, because sometimes it's nice not to be in certain rooms. And and usually there's a there's a reason why why you're not, whether it be that you are actually not being called upon to do some of the the actual work that's that's being done. and, And now you've been able to supervise the work or that it's a it's a way to protect you. And so I, I feel that those two pieces of advice have really helped me. It was a mentor and former 
CEO of mine who encouraged me to ask for what I want and be clear about what you're interested in. And that served me well because I was asked that question. And at that point, I did want to be a chief marketing officer. <laughs> and I said so. And uh, a couple years later, it happened. And by getting on his radar and making him aware that I wanted an opportunity like that, I did find myself in the position to be considered and ultimately getting that, that position. I tell young people that now all the time, that you need to think about where you want to be next and don't, don't be shy about sharing that. I love ambition and I, I want to see it in my team. And uh, I encourage folks to express their ambitions because I may not know where your heart wants to take you professionally unless you tell me. The worst thing that, that can happen to somebody is to be pigeonholed because you're only seen in as a contributor in that one position you're in today, right? And uh, we all have more to offer than what we're currently offering. Something that came to mind, you know, it, somebody told me not to get an MBA. And I think that was really probably some of the better career advice that I've gotten. And I mean, no offense to people with MBAs. I know a lot of really, really brilliant MBAs, but it was absolutely the right advice for me. It came at a time when I was about to go back to school to start my, my Foresight Master's. And I started to have a moment of self-doubt, like, would anybody take this seriously? Nobody knows what Foresight is. And at the time, I had just started at MD Anderson. And of course, it's an academic medical center. There's just so many amazing, brilliant people there, all these researchers and clinicians. And, you know, one of the things there is that everyone's badge has their name and then it has all of the letters for all of the, you know, things that they have completed, all of their degrees. And... You know, I looked around and, and my badge said BS, Bachelor of Science, just a BS. And, you know, it's really kind of how I felt starting up human-centered design practice because, you know, nobody knew what that was. And I think most people just kind of assumed it was a bunch of BS. It was a bunch of fluffy stuff um, and that there wasn't really much to add to the conversation. Of course, once they experienced it and got to know it, that really changed changed people's perception. But I really had that moment of self-doubt and self-reflection and thought, maybe I, maybe I should go for MBA. Maybe that's more respected. And uh, my boss at the time, I remember kind of expressing that to him. And he said, absolutely not. Do not go get an MBA. You're at a point in your career where there's nothing that they're going to teach you in business school that you haven't already learned. And um, yeah, he was absolutely right. Not only because I think that was really about staying true to myself and my interests and to not worry so much about what other people think, but also because the deeper I've gotten into healthcare, the more I can see that, gosh, creative thinking and strategic problem solvers and people who think differently are so needed. There need We need like 20 times more people who can think different in healthcare. So I appreciate, I appreciate that by advice very much. I've received a lot of career advice, not all of it good, but probably what I would consider the best piece of career advice didn't necessarily come as a career conversation. Um, it's probably a quote that many people have heard just in day-to-day -day life and on the internet. And it's from Viktor Frankl that says, between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. And in our response lies our growth and our freedom. And that can kind of be summarized by a phrase that my husband liked to use with our kids as we were raising them. And it was pause for poise. And the idea of just taking a second, taking a minute so that we're not always in reactive mode, but to really stop and consider what should we do next? How do we respond? 
as opposed to just reacting. And I found that to be a really useful piece of advice for myself because I tend to be kind of a reactive person sometimes, kind of emotional, passionate for sure, but also great advice to give our clients who are often faced with challenges and they just want to jump in and react to a competitive situation or react to now, you know, disruptors are certainly part of what you and I have been talking about for quite a long time. But just pausing to really consider what are the issues can be really valuable. There's probably a lot of inflection points. You know, I think when I started doing this, I mean, there was barely an internet. You know, it's just different, right? You know, the way that we thought about the world, you know, what marketing meant, you know, some of those types of things. There's been a lot of people and a lot of advice, I guess, but I think most importantly has been to really kind of understand and take into account what's happening around you. I think that's the interesting piece of this. When I started and was the director of marketing and communications at a small community hospital in Central Texas in 2003, again, there was barely an internet. And part of my job was I was uh, signed to be the initiative champion for our patient experience work. And at the time, you know, when I was thinking about marketing and experience, predominantly patient experience, it it felt like two very different worlds. And then here we are all these years later, and it feels like, you know, it's hard to delineate one from the other uh, sometimes. And so, I think, you know, some of the the opportunity that I got early in my career and some of that advice being like, hey, listen, I don't know. It may not be exactly what you're interested in. It may not be exactly the, the most visible thing within the organization or the most exciting thing. But take all the opportunities that you get and understand and try to figure out exactly what that then means to the role that you're doing and the experiences that you can gather because you don't really ever know you know, down the road and kind of as things progress, you know, how this may actually be advantageous or beneficial to you in the long run. I had an early, early mentor who said to me, if you find purpose, it'll never feel like work. And frankly, when I came into healthcare, that's what shifted for me. I feel great and excited about every day trying to help healthcare organizations drive consumer behavior change toward better health and lower costs. All right, the second half of our lineup today includes Blake Madden from Hospitology, Matt Dixon from Eclipse Telecommunications, Sam Searing from Epic, Paul Backett from Evolve Collaborative, Alex Gray from Adapt Innovation Group, Victor Rice from UNC Health, Sean O'Malley from Monocle Insights, Jeremy Rogers from Indiana University Health, and Dean Browell from Feedback. Here we go. I don't know if I can remember like a like singular kind of piece of career advice. I do have one of my college professors always used to say, in the moment, nothing is as good or as bad as you think it is. So I've kind of always taken that to heart to where it's like if something seemingly really bad happens, then it's not maybe going to be as bad as it seems in the moment, right? And then beyond that, I would say, you know, for me is I try to approach everything with a sense of kind of humility and I want to try to be coachable and and take you know, constructive criticism in, in everything I do. And so, you know, how that looks for me in my life is I played sports growing up. And so, you know, I had coaches yelling at me and, and telling me to fix my form and, you know, whatever, playing football and soccer. And then, you know, when I was at the consulting firm, I listened to my managing directors and took advice from my you know senior analysts on how to format things and lean on people's expertise who, who know more than you and then I, you know, I try to use that same kind of tactic in writing as well to where I'm able to, you know, I could talk to you about how to start a podcast or I could talk to industry experts about, you know, 
what they think about certain market segments and just kind of just have an intellectual curiosity and, you know, just learn as much as I can. You know, I'll say this and it's probably counter to what a lot of people say or think, but I say make no plans. I graduated from college with a degree in political science. I was convinced I was going to be an attorney at one point in my life. I've stayed curious throughout my career, stayed open to learning new things. And it's really allowed me to create kind of a holistic view from technology, strategy, operationally. So for me, it's always been be open to the possibilities. I think people tend to create an idea in their head of, I'm going to be X someday. I'm going to be the VP, the CTO, the CIO, chief marketing officer, whatever the case may be. And they close themselves off to the possibilities of exploring other options and learning new things. I think that's the the key, right? Stay curious at all times. I think for me, the best advice that I was ever given was be the best version of you possible. So, of course, in in corporate environments, you always want to be comparing yourself against the guy across the hallway or the girl who works at at another company. But it's very traditional way of thinking of improving yourself. And so that's why the advice of being the best version of you was so impactful for me, because it allows me to refocus my work on just being better than who I was yesterday. So it really helps me focus on kind of that internal improvement without needing to feel the need to put down others in in the work that they're doing, because the same advice is true for them. They should be the best version of them possible as well. It, individual success is not dependent on the failure of another. I was thinking about this. It was like I was, I was going back to my, in my mind to previous bosses. And so one of my first ever bosses told me, think about managing down, not managing up. I didn't quite understand it at first, but I think I've learned more about over the years. So I think really what it means for me is like focus on your team. Make sure your team is doing great. Don't worry so much about what what looks good in front of your boss. Early on, one of my professors in college talked about questioning everything and understand why. I'm the type of person that I do need to know why. I need to look under the hood and make sure I understand how things are working. And I do question everything. So that's stuck with me throughout my entire career. Probably, okay, you said number one, maybe let me give you number one and two. (laughs) So really develop your BFF. So what is a BFF? Develop, argue, curiosity and context are BFFs. So let curiosity guide you. Always start with the assumption of positive intent. Understand why that's whenever you walk in a room or if you're new to an organization and what must be true in order for an initiative or idea to be viable. And then again, as I mentioned, curiosity and context or BFFs, a context. Always seek additional background and look to uncover what is being said, but also what is not being said. And then as I can just roll up my career advice, and this is for all of us, this is what should guide you from day one until you decide to, let's say, retire. Our role is to plant trees. The true meaning of life is to plant trees under whose shade, you do not expect to sit. 
So oftentimes what you might be challenged with is to create a better tomorrow for those that you may not come into contact with. So let that guide you as far as how you approach daily. For those of us in healthcare, we are advocating and we're pushing forward because we do want to create a better tomorrow for those that we see today, but for those we may not come into contact with tomorrow. I know a lot of folks potentially listening to this podcast are, are entrepreneurs. And for me, entrepreneurism is something that I was somewhat reluctant to take a, a leap at because it's quite anxiety provoking. And something that has I've carried with me is this book within the book called The Art of Principled Entrepreneurship by Andreas Widmer. He talks about how we are sort of, we are most human when we are creating something new and doing something for others. And even to go so far as to say it's like written on our hearts, right? And in kind of the thralls of entrepreneurialism, when I'm incredibly anxious about all the different swirling things, I think of this quote and it really helps push me forward to be a gift to others as best I can. And I think that, you know, there's advice and then there's sort of that thing that you bring up when things are hard and your back is against the wall. And I think about creating and being a gift and how it's not so much about me sometimes. And boy, that has really helped my work product. It's, but it's also helped me as a person turn something that would otherwise be really difficult into something that I can grow from. I was fortunate enough younger younger years earlier in my career to have some really good mentors. And the thing that stuck with me the most was really about flexibility. A lot of people coming out of school early in their career want to have a very firm plan. They want to know exactly where they're going to go, what their roadmap is. I was always taught to try to be flexible. I think in, in a career like many things, you're afforded several opportunities, several forks in the road where if you maintain flexibility, you can make choices that aren't like tied to a rigid prescriptive plan, I can think back to three or four moments in my career where there was a new opportunity, there was a, a project or something, a big challenge to tackle that if, if I had stayed really regimented, I may have shied away from or backed away from those, those changes. And so I think with, with flexibility, it opened new doors for me, created more work for growth development. That's been really important to me. Two things are going to come to mind. One is, and I actually already inadvertently used the term, but but build your own sandbox. And by that, really, what what my, my friend at the time, my, my real mentor, said was, look, you've got something here that's very, very interesting, and it's something that's worth pursuing, and it's not worth putting yourself in a different shape to not pursue. In other words, create... If there's something that you're truly interested in, you know, make a sandbox where it's some, a place where you can play and stop trying to kind of conform yourself into uh, into a position that may or may not be be right for you. And I think part of that, it's, you know, it's a little bit of like pursue your passion kind of kind of thing, but it's also about giving yourself room to, to continue to learn and continue to explore. And I'm really lucky in that. I mean, everything we do, every project we do, I'm like learning. It's not, it's not that I'm, you know, this massive brain that knows the answers before we get into a research project. It's, you know, I get to learn as we go. And I think really being able to follow that has been great. And the last little piece I would just say is, is advice my dad gave me a long time ago. I know it's a saying, I think other people I've heard say in different ways, but luck favoring the prepared mind. It's not to say that there is no such thing as luck, but it's the idea of being ready to take advantage of the opportunities when they present 
themselves. And when you combine those two, right, like both being prepared to take advantage of the opportunities and, you know, make a sandbox for yourself, you may find that you can find that way and do what really is meaningful to you and, uh, and really make an impact. All right. Hope you enjoyed this episode and stay tuned for our next episode featuring the one, the only Gene Hitchcock. <laughs>